This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Did something happen last night, Jim Toth? There was a little something-something. A little bit of something-something. There was a, a game of ice hockey, men's ice hockey was played. Actually, a couple big games in the city last night. Oh, yeah, the Winnipeg Ice had a big victory yesterday. Big game. Big game big last win night. for them. 3-1 over the Red Deer Rebels. Red Deer Rebels are now 15-1, and and the Ice are now 16-1, and and they will play again tonight at the Wayne Fleming Arena. But the uh, big game for Jets fans was a pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> good effort all round against the Dallas Stars. Uh, fantastic game uh, by the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I, I don't like to get into the word statement win uh, this early into the season, but I don't know any other way that I can possibly describe yesterday's 5-1 win for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, very entertaining uh, game, uh, particularly in the first period in terms of an entertainment value. Big bout by Brendan Dillon. Uh, that one got everybody in, in the crowd on their feet. Uh, tons of chances going back and forth. None of the big skill guys for the Jets got any uh, real of those chances. Though Shifley had a couple, but uh, some tough angles. But the Jets came out. They were rolling all those lines. The pace was excellent. And then a couple long shifts caught early in the f- second period there by the Jets. Got them hemmed in a bit. Gave up the opening goal. They went right back out there. Uh, KC Appleton made some beautiful plays. Miscue by Wedgwood. Um, and it uh, finds its way into the back of the net. The Jets get the lead, and they kept their foot on the gas. They kept it pedal to the metal there, Jim Toth, and uh, just a fantastic game. And and this was the question that you asked me, Jim, but I'm going to ask you. And you asked me this off air, by the way. You asked me a question. I'm going to answer the question. (laughs) I answered that question, and I'm going to ask you this question, Jim Toth. Are these the Winnipeg Jets Let's take a look. Are we okay? So there's two Winnipeg Jets we've seen. We've seen the Vegas and the LA in the last road trip. Actually, we can even break it down into two separate road trips. This homestand or the, uh, the the most recent road trip. Both successful in terms of points, but this one, uh, as the kids say, hits a little different. There, Jim Toth. Well, so are the Jets the Jets we saw and heard last night and against St. Louis on the four nothing shutout, or are they the Dallas Las Vegas? you know, Jets yeah. of the first game against Dallas. And look, I believe that they are what we've been seeing against Dallas last night in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I get the whole idea that people come to me and say that, you know, there it's look, it's only 12 games in. I'm the biggest proponent of that. I am the biggest proponent of do not start planning parades. Do not get ahead of yourself the work still needs to be done. Rick Bonus said himself post game, we are getting there, but they are nowhere near there yet. But the indications are from what we've seen, and to be honest, what we saw from the first nine, three, and three games last year at the start, this is a good hockey team. It is. Mm-hmm. There's an enormous amount of talent on this team. They have to play the right way. And you mentioned that yesterday, and it, it got the ire of some fans that said the win is more important than everything else. And I think they're both important. I think yeah. this is a team that if they want to keep piling up points, and really, they need to make the playoffs this year. And then we'll see what they can do if they make the playoffs. But that is goal number one. But look, I can't argue um, the results last year. I, I'm not going to. But they didn't play well. 
they're they're to me th- last year could happen again this year same players blah 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 I get that but if this team plays the game the way they're capable of playing it as a unit this is what they are and I believe this is what they are that's why last year I said they are a top 10 team in the National Hockey League and it went off the rails and I'm was witnessed just as much as everybody else had a front row seat I'm not trying to walk my way back from anything I am saying, though, this is a good hockey team in the National Hockey League. This is a playoff roster. Now, a lot of teams have playoff rosters, and it doesn't always work out. Mm. That's why coaches are changed. That's why there's some minor tweaks. They looked at changing this roster heavily in the offseason, yeah. and they couldn't find a way to see what they had on paper that would be better. So, look, 8-3-1, and one, a ton of hockey left. I'm still, again, banging the drum of 20 to 25 games into the season, see how consistent they can be over the next 10 games to get, bring them to game 22. But I believe this is what they they are on paper, and, and we'll see if they can continue to go this way. Yeah, they opened up the season. There was kind of a good uh, – there was a good effort followed by a bad effort followed by a good effort and followed by a bad effort. And that sort of started to smooth uh, by – and the Winnipeg Jets are now just playing good hockey. Um, and it, it, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, let me ask you a question. Okay, yeah. Do you believe this team and the way they play is a good playoff roster? Yes. If, if we're looking at this last homestand, yes. So here's what happens is you get a Vesna-winning goalie like Connor Hellebuck who doesn't play up to par, and people think that he's not a Vesna-winning goalie anymore. Yeah. He is. That's, this is what coaches do. How do I get you to be in a Vesna-playing goaltender? Do you believe this decor is awful? No, I don't. So it, then you have to go, this is what I think they are, and this is what I have to sort of coach to get them to be what I think they are. Do you think the top six isn't, is 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 bad hockey players, unskilled, whatever. Of course we don't. You yeah. know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah. so for everybody who goes, and I get it, it's a results-based business, but I can look around the league too. And do I think that the St. Louis Blues are as awful as they are this year? No, I don't. But what's going on there? That's where, you know, a coach or a system, Ryan O'Reilly spoke highly of Berube and what the coaches are doing. Do I think the Calgary Flames all of a sudden need to make more changes? No, I don't. But the yeah. problem is, is it was always to me, my point to this is it was always to me to you need to figure out a way to get the buy-in from this group because it's a good core group. When I look around the National Hockey League, this is a playoff core group. But are they willing to do it and stuff? Mark Shifley is the most engaged Mark Shifley I've seen in years. So... Like, it's always been about that. And I get that when they don't make the playoffs, people go, how can you say that they're not a playoff team? Well, I just, this is what I see. This is my experience of hockey. But it's about getting them to be. And this last night was an entirely 20-man roster that was tunely engaged into doing something that the coach is getting asking them to do. And it, it worked well. Yeah. And this is the thing as you're talking about the coach getting them to do things that work well. And these are the things that I was, and I, and I was at the game yesterday, and these are the things that I'm really am impressed with with, with, with with the Winnipeg Jets. And these are things that, to me, they're never going to end up on a on a highlight reel. They're not going to end up on a score sheet and stuff. They're just little things that the Winnipeg Jets are doing to give themselves a chance to compete in a hockey game and to win the hockey game. One of them, chipping in the puck. Now, 
this, I think, has been a huge leap forward for the Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to give a shout-out to Brendan Dillon. Um, I, I think he's done a fantastic job of this so far this year. Not just looking to make a play, just chip the puck in, get slow the play down a little bit if you're a little bit hemmed in and give yourselves a chance to regroup and go and chase the puck down. I think that's made such a massive improvement with the Winnipeg Jets in terms of their defensive style and and making clears. Not trying to make that pass in the neutral zone or that, that dangerous play or anything like that. Just be calm, chip it out, and then see where things kind of take you. Get it get it out of the neutral zone, get it into their end, and then things can, can work out. This is the other thing that I was really impressed with, and Jim, you've touched on this before. The forwards are so dialed in and engaged in playing def- defense for this team. It has been, uh, I think, an absolute boon. You're seeing a defenseman activate. You're seeing a forward immediately take a step back. I saw Pierre-Luc Dubois doing it. I saw Janssen Fialbi doing it. I saw Adam Lowry doing it. I saw I saw Kyle Connor doing it last night. Now, this that is something that, of course, every coach is saying, hey, if you're having a defenseman pinch, you got to take a step back here. But the Jets are doing it so seamlessly, and I think it's just – I think it's being so effective. And you know what the thing is too, Jim, and, and what I think is the most important thing about it? is that the forwards are then engaged and understanding of how they need to play defensively. And they're engaged in playing defense. It's not just go in there and, you know, create chaos and get the puck and get a get a goal here. It's more about like, let's take a step back here and make sure that we're 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 we're, we're playing defense at the same time. I don't know why it couldn't get through under Paul Maurice. It just wasn't going to. I don't I, believe- it just wasn't going. I don't I- know. I can't explain it. Because you know you know Maurice was saying the exact same thing. It I, just wasn't yeah. getting through. It just wasn't. And that's why he, re- he resigned. He knew it wasn't working. I don't for one second think Paul Maurice didn't ask the same things of his players. Yeah. And I think that's why it speaks to where he said even prior to last year, he thought the message had worn thin and, and this. I mean, it's going to happen in Calgary with Daryl Sutter. But Daryl Sutter came in and had a message. We talk about Calgary a lot in the offseason, and I did specifically. And, and mm-hmm. we got some text people going, Cal- but look, it, he got Johnny Gaudreau to understand defense leads to offense. Last night... Defense led to offense. It was 0-0 after the first period. They had 18 shots, I believe, in the first compared to eight for Dallas. And they continued to play defense. They gave up the first goal, and then the defense led to the offense. That play of Josh Morrissey when he he read the pass and jumped up and pushed it out, um, there are a ton of guys that had bad years that so far, and again, only 12 games, but so far are having really good seasons. Brendan Dillon. Nate Schmidt is looked really good mm-hmm. this year and engaged. So it just, again, I don't know why. Maybe JP Vijay has seen some of this in the prior. He's going to join us at 1230. But defense leads to offense. And for whatever reason, you couldn't get some of the players on this roster to buy into it till now. But I think mm-hmm. that's what's leading to their success. And I yeah. think that's what we saw last night was – the better they played defensively, the more offensive opportunities they had. And then their skill came to the forefront when they got those offensive opportunities. Yeah, this texter says, uh, 204-780-6868. You learn that when you're 12, LOL, cover for the D-man. When he pinches, of course, obviously, 100%. But the fact of the matter is, is it wasn't happening. And now it's happening. So that is just one of the many indicators that there's buy-in from the head coach and buy-in from the players. They're buying in together. It's like... That's also something that maybe we don't talk about as 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 much. You always say buy into the coach. You got to buy into the other guys in the locker room as well. Anyways, we got to take a break. We'll come yeah, back. I, and I want to oh, just re- add to yeah, that real quick. You Jim. learn that when you're 12, and then you become a star at 14, 
and at 15 and 16, and it becomes real easy to do it and also score a ton of points. And so as you go up levels, playing that, as you learn when you're 12, becomes more and more difficult, or you're not asked to do it anymore because you're so prolific offensively and you're playing at a level that it doesn't need to be done. And then there goes the process. You get to this level, and you have to reteach it again. Yeah, that's why I think the the Seattle's so hesitant in sending Shane Wright back down to the dump. Adam Lowry is the only guy that was a really good junior defensive player. Yeah. We got a big announcement to make at the end of the show here. Stick around. Uh, big announcement in terms of the programming of this show. I'll let you know as the uh, show uh, goes on here. JP VJ, coaching consultant with VJ Hockey, is going to join us. We're going to talk systems, how the Winnipeg Jets have adapted to the system, what leads to buy-in. Is it working for the Winnipeg Jets? We'll get into that and uh, maybe squeeze in a couple of your text messages. 204-780-6868. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome to the program here. Jets at noon, Cam Poitras, Jim Toth. Uh, we got a Movember pack to give away there, Jim. We do, we do. I'm excited. Movember well underway. Cam and I and several of us here at 680 CJOB. We have our 680 CJOB page up. You can go and join the team if you'd like or simply make a donation. Go to remember.com and search out 680 CJOB. Uh, my good friend Tom is going to join, and uh, I'll reach out to him. But anybody else who's looking for a team or want to jump on board, by all means. But in the meantime, and in between time, or our hair salons have jumped on board with our Movember campaign cam. Um, they are giving away a $25 gift card that we'll oh. give away daily on this show or my own following this show um, to help you take care of your mo or your flow, whatever mm-hmm. you want to do to continue to yeah. look dynamic while we raise money for the great cause and awareness of testicular and prostate cancer. Remember to get checked, everybody, and also the great cause of uh, suicide prevention and mental health awareness. So uh, these are why Cam and I and several of us here at 680 CJOB are doing this. You can go to our CJOB page once again at Movember.com. You can donate to any one of us or just in general to the team. And uh, to help you get some motivation to uh, join us and uh, raise some funds, we're going to give away uh, tickets to the November 18th Times Changed High and Lonesome Club 6 p.m. Benefit Concert featuring the Big Heist Brass Band with special guest the Dan Winters Band. So we have two tickets to that, an Aura Hair gift card, and uh, you get to the Benefit Concert in support of the November Foundation. Uh, Mr. Forche, first caller through, seventh caller through, 20th. How would you like to do this, sir? <laughs> Whatever you feel like. Because you know that we know that we love to produce this show while we're on the air. <laughs> so let's go with caller oh, number seven. giving away too many of our ghosts seven. here. There you go. Caller seven. number seven caller gets number seven. two tickets to the Benefit Concert in support of the November Foundation. Uh, the Friday, November the 18th at Times Changed High and Lonesome Club. You get an order gift card for 25 bucks to take care of your flow and your mo. And uh, by all means, go to 680CJOB page on November.com. Donate to one of us or all of us, and let's make a difference in men's health. Uh, take those calls off air. Forche, Forche will be taking those uh, calls here. Anyways, we got to get to our next guest. Yes. Uh, JP VJ, coach and consultant with VJHockey.com. JP, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing fantastic. Thanks. Speaking of a man who had a mustache at one time in his life, I think. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. What well, if we want to call it a mustache? <laughs> Thanks for joining us, JP. Always good to talk to you. 
Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, we, we I wanted to bring you on because this is kind of like your expertise and stuff like that. We talk about systems and stuff like that, and um, it, it seems like that the Winnipeg Jets are really adapting uh, to this new system. And uh, I mean, is is that sort of the the way that you're sort of seeing things here? I mean, about buy in and all this other stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it looks like they bought into it. We, we've seen some early results, right? So what happens for players becomes. Uh, okay, there's a system change. There's a, a systematic approach that we're going to look to do things differently as an organization to, to play a different style of hockey. But the players all want to know how that system is going to help them, right? Because this is a, a business. Not only do they want to win, but they also want to have personal success to help their future earnings grow. So the, the players want to feel that this is going to help them as well as help the team. And I think we're starting to see bits and pieces of that. I think it's still a little bit inconsistent at times or the reads are off just a touch because it's not quite second nature. I mean, we're only 12 games into the season. So I think it takes some while for those to become second nature. And we're starting to see bits and pieces of what the game will look like, right? The five-man attack that we've talked about. Um, Josh Morrissey spinning in the, into the corners, spinning along the blue line, holding the puck. We would have never seen that in previous years. Josh Morrissey would get the puck, shoot it, or get the puck and pass it to someone else. And now he's holding that puck along the blue line. He's uh, making a move at the blue line and, uh, you know, and, and doing plays, being in the corner, holding the puck, passing the puck, cross ice to, to Neil Pionk, who's got time, who holds on to the puck. So all those little things are showing in the right direction. And I think, you know, slowly but surely, it's coming. And as Adam Lauer said the other day, uh, it really helps when Connor Hellebuck pulls against our under two. Yeah, that that really is a big thing about it as well. JP, I liked what you said there because you said you see pockets of it and it's coming. Rick Bonus said that after the game. He said, you know, we're getting there. But uh, we want to emphasize that as well. By no means does this solidify anything. Can you talk about that? Like, regardless of the system... Um, when you have this same core of players, and and I'm of a belief the former coaching staff would have asked them to play defensively and done some things too, but speak specifically to this system you're seeing and then also how long does it take knowing that each team is different? Yeah, like how long it takes to implement that system varies, you know. Well, and to become consistent. It's hard to say because now it becomes difficult. I think we're starting to see more consistency out of it. We're seeing, like, one of the goals last night for the Jets, it's kind of that pass to the middle that it bounces, it's not timed right, and then the reactionary approach to what happens next. Players are kind of sliding everywhere, trying to identify a man. Those, those chaos plays need to happen for the players to figure out, oh, okay, this is what's going to happen when I do that. I have to react to that. So they, in 12 games, they haven't seen all the situations mm-hmm. uh, that arise in a hockey game, and, and that differs per their opponent. So... For us to say it might take 30 or 40 to really have an understanding, okay, this is what it should look like. When there's a breakdown, this is how we react because some guys haven't seen a situation yet. Some guys have been really good at getting the puck out of the zone and haven't turned it over. Uh, there's a few guys that haven't had that, <laughs> have had that unfortunate thing happen, but now they learn how to react to that situation. The hardest thing for any coach to, 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 to show the players is chaos. How do you develop chaos in, in a practice plan when you have very limited practice time? Uh, and how to deal with that chaos is, is very important, right? To figure it out on your own. So I think that's what the Jets are figuring out. And you're noticing there's less and less of those situations that arise because they've gone through them and adjusted the, correctly as they progress. So I think that's the important fact to look at. How often are they happening? And we're seeing less. 
So that means they're trending in the right direction. It could be game 85 into the season and you still haven't seen a situation that comes up. That's the beautiful thing about hockey. It's not always scripted. Yeah. You look at a win last night, Winnipeg Jets, they're first in the Central Division right now. I mean, if you look at uh, points percentage, they're fourth right now in the entire league. I mean, when you have such a disappointing season last year and all those questions and, um, you know, all that talk about change and, you know, relatively the same roster uh, comes back to this organization and they have a big win like that. They've had a great start to the year. What kind of, what, how does a win like that, what kind of bonding does that do for a dressing room after, um, you know, like, you know, a, a, an opportunity presented itself to take first in the central and, and they snatched it. Yeah. I, I think it, it does a few things. It, it, it bonds the system that we're looking to bond. It validates what they're trying to do when, when you're, changing a lot of things and you don't have success, you start to question the changes and if they're right for you or the team. So I think right now what we're seeing is the start of a validation uh, and a belief within that system. And, and I think you can start to continue to see that grow. And what it does is it puts belief in. So if the players do hit a bump in the road, as you will eventually in, in, a, in an 82-game season, they know where to come back to, what they've had success, what works for them. So reminding themselves of that identity and how they approach that is to make sure. Can you go 82 games and not lose? Boy, that'd be one heck of a season. Uh, but that's not the way it works. <laughs> and well, they, the Jets know, blew that already, JP. That's already out yeah, the window. Sorry, yeah, I, sorry. I didn't want to burst anyone's bubble if they hadn't seen that already. But <laughs> we want to understand that, that you know the growth is the long-term project here. And you're going to see uh, adjustments made as the team goes. Uh, Rick Bonus will have the next plan in place. So now when we get to this comfort place, how do we modify and continue to adjust the, the, the process, right? It's an ongoing developing process. And you saw, even with Paul Maurice over years, the, the process was evolving and changing and adapting uh, to their opponent, to the way of play, to the way they want to think and execute. And I think Rick Bonus will have that as well. This is just the foundation of what you're seeing, you know, D-man up the ice, play as a five-man unit, be aggressive even on the, on the defensive side of the puck. We want to have three or four guys on top of them, challenging them to try and make plays past us. And we believe that our four are better than your three in our defensive zone. So we will pressure that. You know, um, D-man joining the rush, Nate Schmidt, uh, you know, perfect example last mm-hmm. night. How often would we have seen him get on his horse and attack the net with a fourth man last year? Well, one of Mark Shifley's goals, that backdoor tap-in from a beautiful pass from Nathan Appleton, is really started by Nate Schmidt driving through the middle and creating confusion as to who the defender is going to take um, because him and Appleton are, are side-by-side. But he, he digs and goes to that net, and that creates uh, so much more opportunity and room in the offensive zone. You tell me over the last four years, when's the last time they saw Winnipeg Jets defense and do that? <clears throat> Yeah, for sure. Uh, Last one for you, JP, but also we hear about different systems and how hard it is to play some compared to the others, especially over that 82 games that you mentioned. Um, From what you're seeing with what the Jets are doing this year and what they want to do and and become consistent at, how tough is it? Well, it's tough, right? It's it's demanding because it's it's not just mentally, but physical. Uh, Rick Bonus wants the players on their toes to to be aggressive all over the ice. Uh, No passive approach. to the game. You think of Carolina, you think of Boston, you think of all the good teams in the National Hockey League, Tampa Bay. Nobody sits back anymore. Everyone defends by attacking, and that's more the, the new wave of the National Hockey League. It's no more a 1-2-2 trap. Let's put it in the neutral zone, and let's, let's try and create turnovers and go from there. 
Now it's defend on your toes, uh, defend by keeping the puck in the offensive zone and keeping it out of your zone. I think that's the new wage, wave of the NHL right now. And, and I think that's what we're seeing over the Winnipeg Jets is they are far more aggressive defending, but that defending doesn't start in the D zone. That defending starts as soon as the puck is off your stick and you're, you're attacking the opposition uh, from the offensive zone back to your end. JP VJ, uh, former NHLer, coach and consultant with VJ Hockey. Uh, JP, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for jumping on the show, man. Yeah, no problem, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, JP. All right, take care. Great stuff again uh, by uh, by JP VJ there. Now, uh, Jim, this is something you've been, and we just got to switch gears here to something obviously a more serious uh, situation and a more serious topic. This has been something that uh, you know, Jim and I. We usually come in. I'll, I'll come into the. Well, now that I've been back in the studio, we go and. Um, we discuss uh, what we're going to talk about. The last two days, uh, Jim has been very uh, passionate about this this one topic surrounding uh, Mitchell Miller and the situation with uh, Boston Bruins, with the Boston Bruins. And uh, uh, I, I know, Jim, you you this 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 thing uh, this thing hits you. It really does. You know what, Cam? It does. And mm. for, there's been some people texting us the past few days why we haven't talked yeah. about the Bruins and Mitchell Miller. Um, I read this when it first came out with Mitchell Miller about the Arizona Coyotes, and I don't know why. Like my own family asked me why I'm so adamant about this, and and I do know why. Um, look, I don't wish Mitchell Miller any ill will, which is saying something. I just don't think he should be allowed to play hockey. And the reason this stands out for me, and keep in mind, I've been in this media business for 28 years now. I get that there are some bad people involved in in sports, as there are in all walks of life. Um, I get that there's some NHL players who have done some bad things in their lives and still get to play the game. What Mitchell Miller has done to Isaiah Maya Crothers not when he was 14, but beginning in kindergarten and continuously until he was 14 and until he was found guilty in court of abusing him. I don't think he should be given the privilege to play in the National Hockey League. I keep getting people when I put this out on social media covering the story and what the Bruins did, which was asinine in my mind and an absolute embarrassment for that organization um, on about second chances. Don't, don't, you know, allow a kid who did some teenage antics at 14 to pay the rest of his life for it. It wasn't at 14. I highly encourage anyone who wants to know about Mitchell Miller and why he's not allowed to play in the National Hockey League to read the case. Just educate yourself. Because that's what I've done. I've become accustomed in this business to hearing about this bad guy did this to this woman or this bad guy did this to that in pro sports. And I'm not desensitized to it, but I also understand the parameters of the law and everything else. What Mitchell Miller has done is absolutely grotesque, horrific torture and abuse for years. And when presented in court with it, his friend that did it with him showed remorse, reached out to the victim, Isaiah Meyer Carruthers, Carruthers, and tried to reach out to him. Again, when the Bruins did this, I got more people on social media asking me about, like, I understand what he did was bad when he was 14. Those aren't the facts. Go read the story of what was done to this individual and the lack of remorse shown for it. 
Isaiah Meyer Crothers put out a statement today for the first time since this came out years ago. I would like to make a statement. I have been bullied since the first grade. There were not my black kids at, there were not many black kids at my school. I was called Brownie and the N-word. Kids said my black mom and dad didn't love me. That's why I had white adoptive parents. Mitchell used to ask me to sit with him on the bus, and then when he and his friends would punch me in the head, this happened the whole time in school, not just one year. When I went to junior high, Mitchell would spit in my face and call me the N-word. I stopped telling because they called me a snitch and would get made fun of. I had to say I was his N-word to sit at his table, and he made me clean the whole table. He threw food in my face. I was called the N-word every day. The office would tell me to stay away from him because he wasn't my friend. Once he got expelled from school, his friends started bullying me. He pretended to be my friend and made me do things I didn't want to do. In junior high, I got beat up by him. Everyone thought he was cool, and I don't see how someone can be cool when you pick on someone and bully someone your entire life. Middle of October, I was being texted constantly every day till I answered a Snapchat and Instagram message from Mitchell Miller. This October... Not when he was 14, not when he was 16, not when he was 17, not when he was 8. This October, he finally reached out to his victim. He asked me why I would always have my parents doing stuff for me and why I can't speak for myself. I told him I don't care what my parents say. I'm old enough to speak for myself. He told me he was sorry and that the apology didn't involve hockey. He told me he was doing stuff in the community and helping the youth and wanted to be my friend. I told him that's all cool, but where is the proof, though? He didn't give me any proof. All the lies I've been told from him for so many years, I don't believe what Mitchell told me. He kept asking me to be his friend, and that has changed over the years from what he did. I told him, I'm not going to be your friend after all you did to me. I'm now getting messages on social media from people calling me a slow, retarded ass clown and you stupid N-word, saying that I need help. Mitchell isn't my friend. It hurts my heart what he did to me. So I wanted to tell everyone, when Mitchell says we're friends, it isn't true. I can't take more of this. And that is from Mitchell Miller's victim. For years, Isaiah Mayer Carruthers, who if you didn't know the other facts of this, has a mental disability. So for all of you asking why we haven't talked about this or gotten into it, I don't think it needs to be more clearly said the NHL will be fine without Mitchell Miller. It'll be just fine. And in the meantime, as opposed to asking for second chances or why can't he play in the National Hockey League, let's ask ourselves if Isaiah Meyer Carruthers is ever going to be fine. And I'll leave it at that, Cam. We'll be right back. Uh, thanks for everybody who text messaged uh, the show today, 204-780-6868. Uh, we're keeping the show wide open tomorrow to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, we didn't even begin to break down the big win yesterday, ramifications, all others kind of stuff. We, we didn't even scratch the surface today in terms of stuff. We only got about another minute or so left in the show. Uh, a couple house cleaning things. Uh, f- uh, Jeffrey Forche, who won the Movember package? Well, let me tell you. Congratulations. Congratulations to As my computer loads. Loading computer. Ian Beavis. Oh, Ian.
Ryan, congratulations. You're number one on the list here, and we'll be giving that away for uh, quite some time Enjoy the show, Ian. Enjoy the uh, hair care, and thank you. And uh, by all means, CJOB page is up at Movember.com. Donate and uh, just support anybody who's taking part. Great cause. We leave the program with our big announcement here. Jets at Noon is now a podcast. It is gone live. You can find it on the CJOB.com podcast page. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts on Apple or Spotify. So this has been a request. I've been getting it for a year and a half now, and uh, we we got all the T's dotted, all the I's crossed, and we're good to go. I know I got that wrong. but Does this mean we've arrived? It means we're the big time now, Jim Toth. Oh, that's too much pressure. Jim Toth, they'll take you all the way till 3 o'clock. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Forche for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Uh, thanks for everybody who text messaged uh, the show today, 204-780-6868. Uh, we're keeping the show wide open tomorrow to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, we didn't even begin to break down the big win yesterday, ramifications, all other kind of stuff. We, we didn't even scratch the surface today in terms of stuff. We only got about another minute or so left in the show. Uh, a couple house cleaning things. Uh, f- uh, Jeffrey Forche, who won the Movember package? Well, let me tell you. Congratulations. Congratulations to That's my computer loads. Loading computer. Ian Beavis. Oh, Ian, congratulations. You're number one on the list here, and we'll be giving that away for uh, quite some time. Enjoy here. the show, Ian. Enjoy the uh, hair care and thank you. And uh, by all means, CJOB page is up at Movember.com. Donate and uh, just support anybody who's taking part. Great cause. We leave the program with our big announcement here. Jets at Noon is now a podcast. It is gone live. You can find it on the CJOB.com podcast page. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts on Apple or Spotify. So this has been a request. I've been getting it for a year and a half now, and uh, we, we got all the T's dotted, all the I's crossed, and... We're good to go. I know Man. I got that wrong. but Does just, this mean we've arrived? It means we're the big time now, Jim Toth. Oh, that's too much pressure. Jim Toth, they'll take you all the way till 3 o'clock. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Forche for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.